Hi there, welcome to the Your Purpose Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Horvath, and I'm grateful that you are here investing your time to listen today. The purpose each week of this podcast is to serve people like you and like me to know, live, and love the purpose we've all been created for. Each week as you listen, you're going to discover practical, emotional, and at times spiritual tools to help you know, live, and love your purpose. I'll be sharing from my life in an authentic, transparent, and genuine way, as well as bringing on guests and experts who will share their fears, failures, challenges they had to overcome to succeed, to know, live, and love their purpose. I'm glad that you are here today, and I can't wait to hear from you about this episode. You ready? Let's do this. Hi, welcome to today's episode. I'm Brian Horvath, and I am fired up about today because today I'm going to share with you an answer to a question that I would get many times throughout my um, 13 plus years of helping people manage their finances. And it was, can you refer me to a financial professional? And let's define financial professional. Here we're talking about either someone that's going to help you with your investment portfolio, with your stocks, your bonds, mutual funds, things like that. It could be somebody um, that you hire independently to do that for you. It could be somebody even um, in your office or that your company has provided someone to counsel you, coach you, mentor you, help you execute your values when it comes to your money that you're looking to invest into the stock market, et cetera, et cetera. I also want you to consider your tax um, attorney if you have one or when you go to need one potentially, um, even also a CPA or someone's going to help you with tax preparation when it comes to filing your taxes every every year. Those kinds of, of folks, these are, and even so much so uh, when you get into uh, real estate or maybe insurances that you need to purchase, all these kinds of uh, investment or excuse me, all these kinds of financial professionals, I'm going to share with you today how to select them how to select them appropriately. And I'm going to give you what today's podcast is nine things you need to consider when choosing a financial professional. Because let's be honest, right? You have hard-earned money. You've been working hard, trading time potentially for dollars, and you want to invest your money into a place that's going to be, well, well-invested. So choosing your right financial professional is very important, right? So one one of the big things is, you know, it can become overwhelming for people. What do I do? Well, here's what you do. And here's how I would answer the question for people that look to me for advice on who they should go choose and if I knew of anybody. And uh, one of the mistaken beliefs, unfortunately, is that all financial professionals are equally skilled and capable. Well, that's just flat out wrong. There are going to be different. uh, It starts with you. It starts with your vision and your values and your risk tolerance or, or what you need at the time that will take you down the path to actually start figuring out who you even want to talk to, who you want to interview that you would hire to help you execute your financial values and decisions and um, buy or sell different financial products or services. And what you want to consider is the abilities of the people that uh, would be potentially serving you, their style. Do you like how they interact with you and your family? Are their ethics aligned with what your ethics are? You know, your values. Are you like-minded, like-valued? Will they be able to come alongside you and educate you, equip you, and also encourage you um, when times are good and or times are bad? When there's a struggle or there's a triumph, whatever the case may be, these kinds of things, abilities, style, ethics, values, are going to play a big role in how you select and choose your financial professional. Remember, it's your money, right? So you need to ensure that you're protecting it. 
commitment and getting the best service possible from that person that you're that you eventually hire to take on a key role with helping you know, live, and love the purpose for your finances. And one of the things that if you read my book, um, Your Purpose: How to Know It, Live It, and Love It, you'll see in there that I talk about having a dream team in your life. And having a dream team ranges from people that will help you with your health, your wealth, your relationships, uh, with your goals, maybe with your business. Uh, someone that could be a mentor or a coach. And I also encourage you, you should be a part of someone else's dream team as well, which, you know, taking a role of leadership and serving other people. But um, definitely when it comes to your finances, if you would have a uh, someone on your dream team for your finances, your investment professional is probably going to be one of those people. Um, or your tax uh, attorney or your accountant or your insurance professional, whatever the case may be. So you really want to take your time and find someone that not only fits your needs, but is going to dovetail or integrate well with a personal, your personality and the personality of your spouse, if you're married, significant other, um, or in, and definitely integrate well with what your dreams and goals are. So remember, once again, the financial professional you choose become members of your dream team. And so I think about what Dave Ramsey talks about um, in his book called Entree Leadership, he says, you want to, if you're building a company, and let's consider this as part of your company, you're building your dream team, that you want to hire slow and fire fast. So hire slow means take the time because diligent people prosper. Diligent people achieve their goals. Um, and being diligent would be to follow these nine ways, nine things do you need to consider on how to choose a financial professional. When I share these with you, these are helping to be diligent. And so if you have somebody right now you don't like, well, let's quickly get you through these nine ways in the best way possible um, because I just did, said take your time. It takes the right amount of time. And uh, so you can fire that person that maybe isn't doing you a, well, a good service or maybe somebody that you used to work with at a company is now has left and you need to find someone new. You got it? So there are a whole bunch of scenarios here. Ultimately, these teammates are vital to help you know, live, and love the purpose for your finances. So you ready? Okay. Here are the nine things you need to consider when choosing a financial professional. Choosing wisely. Number one is ask friends for referrals. You definitely want to ask friends for referrals. Like I said to you earlier, people would often come to me because I was someone they looked to for money help and, um, and they would come to me and I would say, well, I, here, here are multiple people I suggest you interview. Okay. Not just, here's my person, you should use them. Or uh, this guy sounds good, or this gal uh, sounds good, you should use him or her. No, you, you really want to ask friends for referrals, and hopefully they give you a name or two. And if they don't, ask multiple friends and put those folks onto a list and start interviewing them. Don't just follow and hire anyone. Don't just follow your friend's advice or your family member's advice or, or something you read online, but actually do your due diligence, right? And then you'll prosper from that. So don't just go blindly into the situation. Actually do your homework because these recommendations only serve as a starting point for further research. And one thing I ask you to consider and really be mindful of is be wary of familial connections or family connections. If your neighbor recommends his brother, you may not be getting the best advice, just saying. So maybe friends and family, you want to consider the source, right? But when it comes to family, hiring a family member is, I would say, kind of 99% no-no. Just because if something were not to work out, if you weren't happy and you fire them, 
you may have to see them at Christmas or Thanksgiving. And what if Christmas or Thanksgiving is actually at their house that year? Are you just going to skip it because you had a, a falling out or maybe you aren't enjoying what you're getting from your brother-in-law or your sister-in-law or your brother or sister? Who knows? So just really consider a contingency plan or what would a fallout be if you were to hire a family member and give them um, your investments to take over? It seems to me a lot of times it happens with insurance more than anything, but investments, of course, are all the same. So any of those areas you may want to consider uh, staying away from when it comes to um, hiring the family member. Asking for a referral is just fine, but hiring the family member, I'd ask you to really consider uh, and, and definitely um, be wary of. So number one is ask friends for referrals. That's a great place to start. Number two is after you get that referral, of course, you're going to do your research. Do I even have to say this? With all the popularity of the internet, it's quite easy to research the reputation of a financial professional. You know, when you want to look for a financial advisor, tax attorney, accountant, the internet's available even for referrals, but you don't want to just take the sales copy's word for it, what you see on the internet page. You know, you want to be able to um, figure out, is this person really who they say they are? And of course, the, the, one of the best ways to do that outside of an interview is contact the Better Business Bureau or maybe even the state attorney general. See if there's any um, open lawsuits or complaints about this person or these people or this firm that have been filed against them. And, you know, it's not saying it's a definite no, you don't go with, with somebody because of that, but you really want to have that in your uh, tool belt or in your kind of uh, process as you go to consider who you're actually going to choose. So do your research, do your research. That's number two. Number three is ensure that you're shopping in the correct aisle. And what I mean by that is depending on the need that you have, you know, it's kind of like if you're going to go um, make a nice steak dinner, you're, you're not going to start at the lobster tank right? At the grocery store. You're going to go to the the uh, the butcher there at the grocery store or at your favorite meat market and, and get that kite, that choice, that prime cut that you're looking for. You're not going to go over to, uh, you know, somebody's leftover counter and grab that. You want the best of the best. So you want to make sure that you're in the right aisle when you're shopping for products and services uh, for your finances. And, and consider this. I really like what, uh, I think it's Geico, um, or no, Progressive. They, they kind of show like insurance, like a tangible product on the shelf that you're pulling off the shelf. Auto, yep, I need that. That's an aisle three. Uh, I need um, homeowners. That's aisle seven. Same thing when it comes to when you're, when you're shopping for um, investment advice or investment, uh, you know, real estate or tax um, needs. You want to make sure that the, the, the person that you're going to work with is, works with, with people like you, right? They're the right fit. So like a particular tax expert um, that may be out there might specialize in working with farmers. But if you're not a farmer and you're a corporate uh, salesperson or manager or leader at work, that may not be the best scenario for you. There may not be enough like mind. The, the values may be there, but the understanding or the connection uh, may not be there for you. So if you're not a farmer, that's probably not going to be the best option for you. But you, you may want to find a financial planner or somebody that specializes in working with teachers who understand what teachers go through, what the opportunities are, what kind of products or services best fit uh, teachers that earn a certain salary or whatnot. So, you know, and then, of course, if you're a high net worth individual with some more complicated finances, you want to find the right person that's going to help you there. So really shopping in the right aisle, finding the right product and service and the right person that's going to come alongside of you based on your situation. Um, for example, somebody that like uh, me and my family at the time of this recording, we have little kids 
And, you know, so we're, we're talking about investing in colleges. You know, how do we how do we make sense of all that? So we put together a financial plan is, you know, what kind of money do we want to leave to our kids? What kind of, um, you know, a state attorney are we going to have? Uh, are they going to understand what our needs are and be able to advise us best? Is our investment professional going to see that we're not looking to get into low risk or high risk or whatever? We want to be... Um, our risk tolerance needs to match with, with what kind of specialty that investment professional has for those people like us with a certain risk tolerance. So be aware that no financial expert is the best choice for every type of person, every type of client. Find someone that's an expert at addressing your needs. And I really encourage you to do some of that legwork up front before you really start interviewing a person um, and wasting time on that. Okay. So number three is ensure that you're shopping in the correct aisle. If you want a steak, you're not going to start at the lobster tank. Number four, check credentials. Obviously, in today's world, especially, it seems to be, and it's sad, that if someone is younger or senior, like elderly, folks get taken advantage of when it comes to money, when it comes to our personal finances. So number four, when you're going to hire anybody, um, you want to make sure their credentials check out. And of course, with today's internet age and referrals and social proof, which means you can get testimonials from people online and offline um, that that's going to really say a lot for who you're considering working with. But check credentials online. For example, certified financial planners, chartered financial consultants, they have different certifications. What are you comfortable with? What can they do? What can they not do? And will that best suit your needs? Ultimately, it's your money. It is up to you um, as the manager of your household and of your money. But, uh, you know, if you're learning these things while you listen to this podcast, maybe, is that, uh, you know, there's opportunity out there for a lot of mistakes don't let checking credentials be one of them. Check credentials. Accountants may or may not have a CPA. They may not be a certified public accountant. That may or may not matter to you. Um, but, uh, you know, depending on what someone's telling you, if they're telling you there's something and they're not, well, that should probably ixnay them right out of the gate with moving further and hiring them would be a no. So find out what your credentials, find out what credentials your prospective expert has. And of course, as part of your research, verify them. And ensure that you understand what each of those credentials means. I mean, that's what's kind of cool about having these, listening to a podcast like this, doing the research. You're going to pick up information that maybe didn't apply to you before, you don't you didn't care about, and now you need to. And it's a learning opportunity, a learning experience. So lean into that learning experience. Don't get embarrassed, especially when it comes to asking questions. Don't get concerned um, with asking questions because if they're going to make you feel embarrassed, if they're gonna, if they're not someone that's comfortable for you to talk to, then you know you probably don't want to hire them. I mean, you're going to be sharing potentially intimate details with them down the road, and that's why I also advise you don't hire the first person you meet that you interview people. Okay. So another one, excuse me, that's number four. Check credentials. Number five is check on the price. Check on the price, right? You wouldn't buy anything or a product or service without knowing how much it's going to cost. So in this case, you understand how advisors or people that you work with are paid. Um, how are they? How are you charged? You know, these are people that are making money. They're in a business, and they should be. They're serving you. You serve. They serve you with advice. They serve you with execution on how you're using your money, or how you're protecting your money, how you're spending your money, how you're investing your money. And you need to know how they're being paid and how much they're going to be paid. Um, are they charged a percentage? Are they charging you a percentage? Are they charging by the hour? Is it maybe by the job or what they do for you? You know, for example, um, a tax prep, you know, tax prep 
is charged by the job. Okay, if you want me to do your taxes, it's going to be $135. Okay, great. You know that going in, right? You don't get sticker shock at the end. And a lot of times if people get a refund, they pay it out of the refund. Some some uh, tax accountants or um, tax prep folks want it before you get your refund. Regardless, just know that stuff. Determine how the company, if it's a company, how it generates its income. And are all these things acceptable to you? How does that compare to the competition? Is this person you're working with worth you trading your hard-earned dollars? And are you happy with what you're getting in return? If you're talking about advisors, financial advisors, some advisors are fee-only and charge you a flat rate no matter what. Others charge a percentage of your assets that they're helping you manage. Some advisors are paid commissions by mutual funds they sell you, you know, which sometimes could be a serious conflict of interest, meaning they're going to provide you or sell you mutual funds that potentially are earning them the highest commission. I'm not so I'm definitely not opposed to commission. I've been in commission sales myself. But if you're feeling you're not getting the right product, the right service, the right value, and you feel like you're being pitched the highest cost, highly high commissioned opportunities for these salespeople or for these advisors, it's time to move on really quickly. So, and if your advisor um, ignores any of this stuff or kind of casts it aside or says, oh, that's just how it's done, mm, I'd, I'd scratch my head and go, something's uh, matter here with this situation. I wouldn't hire them. I mean, that's just, that's just me. But consider that, check on the price. And it's part of, in a way, it's a part of doing your research too, but this is more specific. So number five, check on the price. Number six, if you'd be working with that specific person, determine if you'd be working with this specific person or if it's someone that's a part of their team. Now, I'm not saying either way is uh, bad, okay? Working with a specific person that initially consulted you or you connected with, they may hand you off to somebody else on their team. Uh, I'm not saying that's a bad thing as long as you know about it and are comfortable with it. If it's not, then you you want to get that you want to know about that up front and decide to go somewhere else if they're just the front person or they do the opening one two or three appointments and then they pass you off. I'm definitely not saying that you should be concerned if someone's going to be communicating with you in addition to your advisor. Specifically, I'm talking about now financial advisors, um, but or you know for example an estate planner if they're trading documents or making sure you sign documents or if you're working with an attorney. Uh, a tax attorney, you know, they're, they're, they have people on their team. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is who can you get to the person you want to talk to because that's the person you start building a relationship with. Are you available? Are they accessible to you? Are you going to be able to talk to them about intimate needs for you and your family and your finances in, in an intimate way? Or are they going to be at arm's length or even worse, not available at all? That's the kind of stuff you need to determine up front. Are you be working with them? Or are you going to be working with someone that's a part of their team? Okay, so number six, determine if you'd be working with that specific person or anyone that's part of their team. Number seven is tailor questions to the specific field. Obviously, um, I've read a lot of questions and found a lot of questions out there to ask financial advisors. I should probably put a link to that in the, the show notes here. Um, but, uh, you know, some of those questions are general questions to build rapport, to get into their values or their vision or how they like to work and how they like to serve you. But if you're specifically talking about taxes versus a financial planner versus a real estate professional, there's going to be different questions you want to ask that are based on the field that they're in or more specific to the field in which they're serving you in. Uh, for a financial planner, for example, ask to see example of their financial plan. 
How are they going to advise you? Do you have access to that plan after initially it's been done? You know, there's kind of like intake forms and then they get into planning for you or preparing for you a report of what they would probably recommend for you. Do you have access to all those things? Or are they letting you see it, you know, and then putting it away in their briefcase never to be seen again? Okay, so those are kind of questions you want to ask. And, and do you like, you know, getting a one-page summary or 20 pages of, of charts and graphs? You know, ask questions like that. Hey, uh, Mr. Investment Professional or Mrs. Investment Professional, will I have access to these things online once they're signed off on? Or will I be able to look at my trade history? And most of the time today, that is pretty standard, but um, with more and more technology. You know, maybe you like to use apps. Is there an app for that? You know, whatever the case may be, whatever you feel comfortable with, you've got to ask specific questions that are tailored to the field of industry or the, the subset of the financial uh, professional industry that they're in. Um, what is their investing philosophy or what is their uh, real estate philosophy? How do they think you should, uh, what you should write off on your taxes, what you should try not to write off? You know, um, how often will they communicate with you? You know, is there a quarter review? Is there a monthly review? Is there emails? What, by what means will they be communicating with you and keeping you updated and, and how can you reach them? Are they be willing to make a house visit? Are they expecting you to always come to their office? You know, what I love about my uh, professional is, you know, there's a blend actually. I, I've gone to see him. He's come to see us. We've gone out to lunch sometimes. We've, you know, there's all kinds of fun things like that. This person became a part of our dream team, Became is a part of our dream team. We've been invited to different uh, events that they've hosted us at. There's all those kinds of things that weigh into um, the relationship building process. This is money. This is serious stuff. It helps you know, live, and love your purpose. And um, you want to make sure it's in the right hands, right? You want to know these people. They want to, you hopefully, they want to get to know you is, uh, is a important part of the relationship ongoing. Okay, number seven was tailor questions you have to the specific field for that financial professional. Number eight, follow your gut. Follow your gut. For a lot of ladies out there, they have discernment. For a lot of ladies out there, they have um, intuition, women's intuition, right? That's a blessing when it comes um, to choosing a financial professional. I don't know, my wife would say. I just got that feeling. Or I, I'm not sure about that. Or maybe we should check with somebody else. Definitely no. Definitely yes. You know, follow your gut or your discernment. Taking wisdom into account and intuition is going to be very important. Okay, so ask yourself if you could work effectively with that person. Do you trust them? Do you get that vibe? Do you get that feeling? Do you get that good feeling? Do you get a bad feeling? Do you feel confident about working with them? Or would you be lying in bed at night worrying, right? I remember there was a time when my, we had to choose a financial professional uh, after I got married and we decided to dump the person that we had um, uh, when I was single that we used. And my wife said, I really don't get the vibe there. I don't really love his style or I don't feel like he's, giving us all that we need. I, I want to know more. I want to understand my, my financial, um, pick our financial picture more, both now and for the future. And so we got together, we interviewed a couple people. I had a friend of mine, um, who became our financial, actually our professional, but we interviewed him. We interviewed another guy and my wife really felt like as soon as Dawn left our house that night, she goes, that's our guy. She felt confident. And she followed um, her gut and instinct. And of course, he was my friend, so I already had trusted him, but I didn't want to put that pressure on her that we had to choose him, especially what I told you guys about earlier, about consider the people that you're going to choose to do help you with your finances. Because if it comes time, you have to let them go. Is that going to change You know how you spend time with them later if it's someone in your family or in your friendship network? So 
Follow your intuition, follow your gut. Once you narrow down the field to a few suitable candidates, that's going to be huge for you to, to, to make the uh, get over the goal line and make your choice. If married, are you and your spouse on the same page? That's huge on, in this case. And if not, there's somebody else for you out there. Don't worry about it. Don't stress about it. You know, it doesn't mean you shouldn't take time and sit on the opportunity to choose the right person. But, you know, right out of the gate, you could probably tell that "Mm, my spouse isn't so sure. Or, you know what? I'm not so sure what my spouse thinks. We need to kind of sit on it, maybe even pray about it, meditate on it, get other advice about it, whatever the case may be. Do a little bit more research if necessary. And uh, remember, hire slow, fire fast. So number eight was follow your gut. Number nine, this is the last one of the nine things you should uh, um, consider when choosing a financial professional is keep your eye on um, a review your choice each year. Review your choice each year. So ultimately, when it comes to certain folks like your tax uh, accountant um, or tax prep person or your investment professional, you're, you're meeting them with them once a year or once a quarter anyway. You kind of got that check in with them, helping you keep your eye on, on, on that uh, on that hire you made. Um, but definitely at least once a year, if it's somebody that you're not working with um, as often, you want to evaluate your decisions that are they executing on what you hired them to do in the first place? Are you pleased with that choice that you made so many months ago? Or would you like to go find someone else instead? So annually is a good time to kind of review that. My wife and I actually do a financial retreat annually. And um, I, you know we go out and talk about our money and whatnot. And these are times where we kind of talk about what do you think about how we're doing with our investing? Do we like what we're getting in return? Do we appreciate the person as much as we used to? Or do we need to make a change? So you have the right to change your mind. It's your money. It's your hard-earned money and go in a different direction. But you just you know, spend the time again to go through these nine, um, nine things to consider when you're choosing the replacement. That's it, right? So spend the necessary time as we wrap up in today's podcast, spend the necessary time to find the right professional for you. And one of the best ways to do that is to determine your needs and then find the best person to fulfill them by running through this checklist, if you will, these nine things. Ask your friends and family for referrals, like I said, and begin the research process. You know, if you're like me, you'll create a spreadsheet and make these like check boxes with what, what you liked about each person. I'm not saying you have to do all that, but one of the ways is just at least run a list, get a list of people, get their phone number, uh, get their website and start doing your digging and making notes and, and getting the right person. Don't wait on this kind of stuff. Um, if you were like me and you don't love even investing, like, I don't care as much about investing as I like people helping them with a the budget and helping them get their, a good financial uh, start or restart. Um, but ultimately, I knew it was important to invest. I just had to find the right person that's going to be able to leverage is on my dream team that loves doing it and, and, lo- and loves reporting on it and loves helping people achieve their dreams and goals both now and in the future. So it is worth the effort required to find the best fit. Um, don't delay Get your financial professional today. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, seriously, um, start with these checkpoints. And then even if you need to have this checklist out in front of you when you're interviewing a financial professional, whether on the phone or in person, that's your right. They don't need to like your way. They need to respect your way. And if they want your business, they'll take time to work it out with you. And uh, one final remark is find someone that has a heart of a teacher, heart of someone that's going to coach mentor and come alongside you in this journey if that isn't is that's what you're looking for and i believe you should and they're not doing that and they think you should know x y or z um financial term see ya i I just end the interview right there 
Um, give them a to-go cup for their coffee and out the door. Or if you're in their office, take your to-go cup of coffee and take it as a blessing and move on But uh, and go interview somebody else. But I really appreciate y'all listening today. I'd love to have you encourage, I'd love to encourage you and you guys to check out my new financial course that's going to be launched in September. It's called Seven Ways in Seven Days to Change Your Financial Future Forever. You can find out more about it and get notified about when it does release you go to seven ways hyphen seven days. That's the number seven. Then the word ways hyphen the number seven and then the word days.com. I'd love to see you there and um, look forward to hearing what you think about this podcast. You can leave me uh, an email at brian at brianhorvath.com. So the nine things you need to consider when choosing a financial pro- financial professional, that's today's podcast and glad you're here listening with me. Go get them. <laughs>